program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement. Welcome to Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. You don't stink. I just play that song because I think it's funny, although you guys are going to hear uh, probably some shitty comedy tonight here on the open mic. Also some great comedy. Uh, all kinds of stuff here every Friday from 6 to 7.45 on the Happy Hour open mic. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and I don't give a fuck. So let's just uh, keep listening to this song. Wait for a few more comedians to show up. And then our first comedian, he's so punctual and so awesome and dressed up. I'm excited for when he goes up. Sean McKenzie's here. But we're going to uh, listen to some more of Reagan's Polyp, a crazy band that I found from 1996 out of New York. And I love this song. Keep listening to MutinyRadio.fm. So what the you 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 so what the you
Comedy here at MutinyRadio.fm. Welcome to the happy hour. First comedian, he's being a little brooding. He doesn't look so happy. You think he wants to know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. But I'm not sure. That's because he's dressed like an owl, you guys. It's a really, really cute little outfit. And I'm so glad he dressed up. Yes, we'll give him an extra minute just because he has. Uh, he's putting it together and he's helping us out with cute, cute costumes. With, I'm definitely into him. Here's Pam Benjamin. Put your hands together, you guys, for your first comedian of the night. It's the hilarious Sean McKenzie! Sean McKenzie! We're coming inside, guys. What's going on? Uh, I'm an adorable fucking owl. That's uh, that's what I am. Turns out you can just take uh, uh, instructions for how to make an adorable costume for a toddler. You can just make those grown-up person size. And then, uh, and then you got yourself a sweet owl costume. I've had an interesting week with animal life, with the, uh, the fauna of the Bay Area. I got sprayed by a skunk on Wednesday. Yeah, in, in a city, in a city, in the middle of a city. Just, I'm on my bike, the fucker ran out and just ran into my tire, kind of flipped around, spraying me in the process, and then just looked at me dumbly while I biked away. Uh, and the thing about getting sprayed by a skunk on a bicycle is that there's hope. Because you don't like, the, you know in movies when the skunk goes, that doesn't exist, it's silent. So you don't, what? And then you can't see it, and then you're biking, so your nose is ahead of the rest of you, and it's like, oh, I don't smell skunk. And then you get to a stop sign, and I got fucking skunked. I got skunked good. Uh, actually, not the first time I've ever been hit by a skunk while biking in a city. It's happened to me two times. Do you know anybody that it's happened once to besides me? And it's happened to me twice. Uh... Thank God it happened in the East Bay. If it had happened to me over here while I was in the city, how the fuck do I get back? You can't take BART when you've been skunked. If you've never been around a skunk spray, it's not like a really bad fart. It's an overwhelming thing. Like, we could not all be in here if I had just been skunked. Do you understand? It is a physical react. You got to fucking move. That's the point. That's what the skunk does. That's what it is. It's not a social Unlike most of the myths that our society is based upon, the skunk smell is truth. It's truth all the way down. Uh, I'm the luckiest unlucky person, man. 
I did get sprayed by a skunk, but my roommate happened to be home. You know, I was, he was able to open the side yard. I threw all my clothes. I got stripped fucking naked in the side yard. Yeah, it's not a good look. You don't want to see skinny and doughy at the same time. That's not a body type anybody wants to have. Uh, but I'm, I'm so, you know, it's unlucky that I have it. I'm lucky that I was able to get out of it without, you know, it being stuck in any horrifying situations. So I also, I shit my pants one time. This is true. But it happened, I swear to God, when I was on the way home from buying new pants. This is crazy. I just went into a bathroom, threw the pants in the garbage, and felt really, really fucking bad forever was going to have to go in there next and then clean it up. But sometimes life puts you in an unfortunate position. I've worked, I've worked restaurants in the city. I've cleaned up human shit, all right? You work, you work, uh, you work in, the, in the trade. You're going to have to clean up some human dookie if you work in this city. This is a very interesting city to work in. It's very interesting from a customer service perspective. I was, uh, one time I was ringing a woman up, this deli I worked at, she was just buying a bottle of water, paid for it with a $2 bill, and I said, oh, you don't see a lot of those. And she went, yeah, I make them, and walked out, and I looked at it, it was a fake $2 bill. It was a really good fake $2 bill. She should have been making 20s and 100s. <laughs> this city used to be cool, man. Scammers. Uh, Fuck it, man. I shit my pants. It's going to happen. You eat pizza rolls for dinner enough, you're going to shit your pants eventually. Interesting smells. I, I fart a great deal. Let's just, let's just stick with the smells. I fart a tremendous amount. I'm an, a nervous person, and the more nervous I am, the more apt I am to fart, which is... Uh, I, I don't know why the skunk sprayed me, because I feel like we're partners. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like that we both have the same fight or flight response. That's my, literally my favorite sound in the world. Even before I ever had a sip of alcohol, I'm like, I gotta get with that fucking sound. I drink too goddamn much, man. My full name is Sean Patrick O'Brien McKenzie. Some ethnic stereotypes are pretty on the money. Uh, this is my theory though. My theory is that every ethnicity in the world is stereotyped as either being drunk or cheap. Every, I can't think of any that aren't. The Scottish are stereotyped as both. They're one of the, the few crossover artists. The Scots are impressive people. Uh, I am not. I appreciate you guys letting me ramble. I just realized I didn't want to tell any of the jokes that I have told, and I'm sorry. They, why am I apologizing? Fuck you guys. Thanks for hanging out, and uh, you guys have a good night. My name is Sean McKenzie. <laughs> Sean McKenzie, yay! He's dressed like an owl. Ooh, ooh. Sean McKenzie. I have also cleaned up poop because I work at Mutiny Radio and I've stuck my hand in that toilet because no one else ever wants to do it. Your next comedian is a champion. Why? Because he just gave me 20 bucks, which means he gives me he gives a shit about me sticking my hand in the toilet to keep it clean for you guys. Yes. You're at happy hour. I don't give a fuck. I do give a fuck about our next comedian, though. They're very funny. I'm glad every time he shows up. You guys clap your hands wildly. It's Malik Robinson. Hey, thanks, Pam. That was a really nice introduction. That was sweet. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh... So I, uh, I teach English, and uh, I teach ESL, right? I have students from all over the world, 
And uh, I guess the most interesting group of students I have are Saudi Arabian students. They're, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about Saudi culture. Here's some things I've learned about them. Uh, you know, my, my Saudi students especially have culture shock when they come to the U.S. Because, uh, I mean, number one, you know, in the Bay, they're not used to seeing people with weed so much, right? Like, uh, they see people buy weed right on the streets of Berkeley uh, and then just get stoned right in public. It's crazy. In Saudi Arabia, if you get caught with weed, you get stoned to death in public. That's actually what they call football. Um, Saudi culture, they're very hygienic. They really emphasize cleanliness, right? Uh, they wash their hands and feet five times a day. They anoint themselves with fragrant oils. And they actually have every bathroom in Saudi Arabia has a hose for you to hose down your genitals after you use the bathroom. This is true. Um, it's actually just a big gay bathhouse, essentially, in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, it's tough if you come from a hygienic culture like that and you're walking around the streets of, of San Francisco. I mean, you can't even get a coconut water here without hopscotching over human feces. That's, that's tough to deal with. Um, I respect Saudi Arabia, though. I respect my students and their culture. Some things are kind of hard to defend, let's face it, right? Like uh, not letting women drive, right? Women aren't allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia. And it's, yeah, it's crazy, right? It's funny hearing them try to defend it in class. They're like, no, no, teacher. Uh, it's good for the women because they don't have to. This is the worst. Saudi, let me just stop. Uh, they, they say they don't have to, women don't have to worry about getting stuck in traffic. They don't have to worry about getting tickets, which is a pretty bullshit excuse, right? That's like watching a documentary and seeing some Confederate soldier defending slavery by saying, nah, we did them niggers a favor. Don't nobody want to pay no income taxes, no how. All right. Uh... Saudi men actually decide, maybe you've seen Saudi women wear the hijab that covers parts of their face. Saudi men actually decide how much they have to cover, right? They don't have to cover the whole bodies if their husbands or dads say they don't have to. Um, I had one woman in my class, she had the full hijab where you, you could only see her, her eyes. And um, it was really hard to teach her because no one could hear what she was saying. You know, it was like teaching Kenny from South Park. <laughs> And then one day she stopped coming to class and we were all happy. We were like, yeah, they killed Kenny. Uh, yeah, that's kind of rough. Um, the, uh, the rationale for wearing the, the uh, hijab and the burqa is so that the women don't sexually tempt the men. So the women don't sexually tempt the men, which to me grossly underestimates most men's ability to sexualize anything, right? Has anyone here ever heard of a fleshlight? Anyone here ever heard of a fleshlight? No? It's basically a rubber vagina. So basically right now, someone out there is fucking a recycled pair of Tom's flip-flops. And they like it. All right, uh, last joke here. I had one student, it was a dude, and he wore a scarf every day that covered his mouth and a black Raiders hat really down low. You can only see his eyes. And people were saying, like, oh, my God, this guy's a terrorist. And I was like, no, no, he's just a transvestite. Hey, I'm Malik. Thank you. 
Enjoy the rest of the show. Clap wildly for Malik Robinson. Political material. He knows people from Saudi Arabia. I heard they eat camel. Uh, hey, you guys. Your next comedian uh, isn't here, so we're just going to keep moving on down the list. Oh, this is a terrible thing. I just have to say it. Um, when people use that Febreze in the bathroom, it, make, it, make, it makes me feel like death because there was a dead rat in here not too long ago that had decomposed, and we used so much Febreze that now I attribute the smell of death to the smell of that Febreze. So I would just rather everybody just to smell their poop smells. I could say that. Like, yeah. I'll smell your shit, dude, but this smells like death to me. That weird Febreze. Smells like, now every time I see a dead mouse, I'm like, that, I smell that Febreze smell. Uh, hey, that was a strange sequitur. I'm going to bring up your next comedian. He has nothing to do with rats or mice or, I mean, I guess he came from L.A., so he might know something about Mickey Mouse, but I don't, I don't know. He's a funny dude. You guys put your hands together. It's Chris Bill. I know a lot about Mickey. I grew up going to Disneyland. <clears throat> My parents, good parents, they took me to Disneyland. First time I went, I was still in my mother's tummy. It's weird. She was pregnant with me at 17, and she still managed to take me to Disneyland. That's, that's, that's effort right there. That's a good mother right there. Not a good responsible person, maybe, but a good mother. She was trying to get to what she was good at faster. She knew she was going to be a good mother, so he's like, let's just do it now. 17, what the hell. In Peru, I would have been 15. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, shit, what was it? There's a depression. It's spreading. It's like, an, it's like an epidemic, you know? It's like swine flu, except we're too depressed to care now, you know? It's just stupid. And I don't know, it's just, I don't, I think a lot of people think they're depressed, but they're not really, it's just, I don't know. I'm depressed. That's my impression. It's pretty much just me in the morning, I guess. Just me feeling depressed. But there's a difference between feeling depressed and being depressed, you know? I think feeling depressed is when you wake up in the morning, you're just like, ah, I'm more tired than usual. I need pills. That's not depression. I think depression is when you wake up in the morning and your mind's just like, die, you know? I think that's the difference. Just that one word has to be out there and spreading. Um, I know that. I have credentials. My sister's cousin is studying to be a psychologist. I am qualified to talk about this completely. Um, well, no, I mean, I think I've been, I've been on both sides, you know? Like, the feeling and the being. I've been trying to figure out why I ever went to the to the die stage of depression. I think it's it's a weird thing. I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but for me, sadness is like a competition, and I want to be the best at it. You know, I want to beat everyone. Like if someone here had said they were feeling down, I'd be like, oh, have my shoulder. You can cry on it. But in my mind, I'd be like, how can I be sadder than you right now? Watch the first ten minutes of Up on a loop. All right, I got it. I'll go do that. That's how I'm going to beat this. I don't know where, why. Oh, it was because growing up, my cousin, who was my best friend, which I guess is kind of sad to have a family member be your best friend, but whatever. He was my best friend. Still is. So not much has improved. But, you know, he was my cousin. We were best friends. And we were also like brothers, you know. We were growing up. We always competition. He always, he always beat me, though. He was better at me at sports, at getting girls. He was cooler. 
But then when he was like 16 and I was 15, he started going through these mental problems. And I was like, oh, maybe I could beat him at that. And I started trying really hard to beat him. Tried really, he started hearing voices. I can't compete with that. But I tried really, really hard, really hard. I ended up in a psych ward once, which is not true. It was, I just say psych ward to sound cool. It was uh, just a hospital in Bakersfield. I just, thank you. I stayed there for one night. You know, it just wasn't for, it just, I wanted to, I only wanted to hurt myself, you know, nobody else. That's not going to get me on the news or anything. That's not going to get me famous for being crazy. You got to want to hurt other people for that, you know, because nobody has ever gotten famous from committing suicide. You're either famous before you do it or nobody cares except your family and friends, but who cares about them? But like, if you heard of the people, you go down in history, you're Charles Manson or the Zodiac Killer. They make movies and documentaries about I think that's how you make it in show, show business. Either have a big ass or fucking kill people, man. <laughs> Either way, you probably should drop a sex tape just to be safe. Hey, thank you guys for your time. Yay, Chris Bill! His sex tape drops 12-16-2015. Check it out, Chris Bill and Squirrel. Uh, hey, your next comedian is a very funny man. I've been seeing, I didn't see him around forever, and now all of a sudden he's like, been seeing him everywhere I go. I enjoyed his set very much last week at the Eagle, uh, which is on Wednesdays. Uh, he was just doing comedy, but we might as well plug the Eagle. Why not? Go to that open mic. It's an early one on from 6 to 8 on Wednesdays at the Eagle in a great leather bar and uh, fun times. Uh, th- but your next comedian is just a really funny guy. Put your hands together. Everybody, it's Adam Perlstein. <laughs> All right. Hello. Uh, happy Halloween. Um, what do I want to uh, talk about first? Um, San Francisco has a lot of um, a lot of homeless people. San Francisco, there's a lot of homeless people out here, and then you see a lot of homeless people, and they like to talk to themselves, like they mutter things to themselves. And whenever they're muttering something to themselves, it always has to do with them at one point being disrespected by someone or something just out like they're just pacing along with their head down on Market Street going like like motherfucker god damn it fucking respect me like don't tell me my business god damn like he could be a crackhead um but you know I don't want to be insensitive and assume he's like a drug addict he could be retarded that's not ni- any nicer um but like whenever he does like walking down Market Street like god damn motherfucking like respect me god damn it fucking like I'm a man god damn. I'm like looking out I'm just like who respect who respected you is he is he down that way he's like how many blocks back were you disrespected because he's just like well the way i like to visualize in my head i just think it's funny like like because he's just walking like the whole, i just see him walking so i don't know where it started where the event happened like so in my head i picture him like walking into a gas station in, like charleston south carolina and some guy behind the counter is like hey sir you gotta have shoes and then he freaks out and he's just like, God, don't fuck you. Don't disrespect me, motherfucker. I'm a man. God damn it. Walks by like Mount Rushmore. Motherfucker. God damn it. I'm the shit. Don't fucking tell me my business. Walks by like the fucking fucking uh, Grand Canyon. Goes a bit further than like fucking Forrest Gump runs around him. Fucking like, and he gets back here. But I've always wanted to know where um, the disrespecting uh, took place. I don't know. We'll find out at the next open mic where it happened. Um... I think uh, they ask a lot of good questions on dating websites. I don't do online dating. It's too impersonal. And plus, my dad says he uses too much data. Um, But other than that, I don't do online dating um, because they don't ask important questions. Like, the most important question I think you can ask someone to really learn about them is the question, what do your parents 
do for a living? I think that's the most in question. I think you can learn the most about somebody by asking what their parents do for a living because it tells you two completely different things about the person. Like, you'll ask somebody, be like, hey, what are your hobbies? They'll be like, I like hanging out with friends and drinking coffee. It's like, oh, cool. What do your parents do for a living? My dad's a mechanic. My mom's a school teacher. It's like, wow, you seem like you came from humble beginnings and you appreciate the small things in life, like close friends and a cup of coffee. But then you ask somebody else, like, hey, what are your hobbies? I like to have coffee and hang out with friends. Oh, cool. What do your parents do for a living? My mom is the heiress of the Folgers Corporation. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. It's just like, that's a whole other story because the only reason why you're hanging out drinking coffee all day is because you get it for free. And those friends aren't even your real friends. They're just using you because you get free coffee. So you let people walk all over you. I don't want to go out with you. Here's another example. I have like eight until I get one that works the best. All right. So you ask somebody like, um, what are your hobbies? They'll be like, oh, I like to travel around the world and experience new things. Cool. You know, seem like an outgoing person. Seem like someone who's adventurous. What do your parents do for a living? My dad is the guy from those Dos Equis commercials. <laughs> It's like, your dad's the most interesting man in the world. Like, that's not fair. Is that one? Okay. And you ask somebody else, be like, uh, hey, what are your hobbies? I like being uh, hanging out with my family. That's really sweet. That's really sweet. What do your parents do for a living? They're retired. It's like, you know what? Why don't you grow up and start making a living and get out of the house for once? Ask someone again. What are your hobbies? I like hanging out with my family. Cool, what do your parents do? My parents died in a car accident when I was three years old. It's like, that's a really good thing that you're doing. You should probably hang out with your family. It's even with politicians too. It's like Hillary Clinton's mom, or parents. What did, what did Hillary Clinton's dad do? He's a textile manufacturer. It's like, wow, an entrepreneur, somebody who worked hard, you know, that's great. Jeb Bush, what did, you, what did your dad do for a living? My dad was the president also. It's like, what is this, fucking Camelot? You don't get to fucking be president if your dad was a president. All right, thank you guys for giving me the time. I'm Adam. is dating ladies he's dating uh you can find him at an open mic near you hey your next comedian uh used to have a beard and now he doesn't have a beard and it's one of those things you wonder like is this a samson issue is this like like you have the beard and the power's in the beard or you cut off the beard and the power wasn't in the beard what's gonna happen i thought he had a very funny set last night at 222 hide put your hands together everybody it's Stefan Massey. Hey, you Pam. Very kind of you. I didn't even see you there. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, for those of you wondering, uh, it's Halloween Eve, uh, and I'm dressed as uh, Dipper Pines, the main character from uh, Gravity Falls, a popular show on uh, Disney, because I'm 12. Yeah, you guys thought Tim Young was the youngest comic in the game? No, there's a new child prodigy up in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my dad is really into cycling. Uh, he's uh, super into it. My mom too. It's it's becoming an epidemic in our family. I'm sure my brother's going to start going on 30 mile rides soon enough. Uh, he was watching the Tour de France so, uh, when it was airing this past summer, and he was got done watching one of that day's stages or whatever, and he went to bed and he told me the next day that he couldn't get to sleep because he was so juiced from watching all these feet French dudes cycle through the French countryside. World's lamest contact high. Uh, I've often said that I feel like I feel about cyclists the way Louis Farrakhan feels about white people. Uh, I've met a few that are all right, but by and large, I think they're assholes. Um, 
But that led me to think, how would Louis Farrakhan berate a cyclist? Or the cycling community at large? I think it goes something like this. The cycling man in America has no respect, none whatsoever, for anyone else on the road. When they mount their wheeled engines of destruction, they are breaking ranks with their brothers and sisters and becoming an unholy mixture of man and machine. No one who walks down the street drives a motorbike or drives, or drives a car is safe from these two-wheeled Satan cyborgs. <laughs> uh, so my brother's back home. That's been interesting. Um, the only things my brother listens to in his car are uh, British techno mixes that he rips from the internet. And uh, British DJs speak in this weird patois of English. It's like after the initial greeting, I have no idea what they're saying. Like it just starts out with, you're locked into the world famous BBC Radio 1. We got AU11 Denver. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Everyone loves a good mushy P right. Like what the fuck? I feel like I need a master's in linguistics just to understand what the hell was going on there. It's fascinating from an outside perspective, certainly. I'd love to bone up on it one day, learn what's really going on there. Europeans are, uh, are an interesting bunch. Uh, one of my favorites is Werner Herzog, as many in the community well know. Um, he made a great movie called Cave of Forgotten Dreams, uh, in which he and a camera crew went into the first uh, this cave that had what most people believe are the first drawings ever made by people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just really engrossing stuff. But then you realize after it's over that this movie was made by someone who had ADHD, got better, and then lapsed in the final days in the editing room. Because the last five minutes of the movie, he takes the crew and they go to this nearby site with these albino alligators who've been mutated by radiation and it's, there's no attempt whatsoever to connect it to anything that happened previously. It's just like he's saying to us, wow, these mutant lizards right near this cave with the first drawings ever made. It really makes you think. No, Werner, it doesn't. Um, he, uh, he did an interview on uh, CNBC or something, uh, and it was proceeding normally. For whatever reason, they were conducting the interview outside, and... Uh, after a moment, the reporter noticed a tear in his pant leg because he'd been shot by someone with an air gun. And he just tried to play it off like everything was cool. And when he's standing there bleeding, oh no, it's really nothing, please. It's not necessary to make a fuss. Let's, we can go inside if you wish, but let, we can continue. It's fine. <laughs> um, I found out something recently about Werner Herzog that uh, rather upended my view of him. Uh, and before I tell you what it was, let me just say that I feel like, ah, shit. Um, I feel like uh, Werner Herzog in another life maybe could have been a stand-up comedian is, is what this has done to me. Um, because he was talking about how he is unable to read nuance or pick up on cues from people. And to illustrate this, he was talking about uh, his relationship with John Waters. They're, they're very good friends. And one day they were at a speaking event together. And uh, they talked for a bit, and he walked away. And then he says in this video that I watched, I turned to my wife and I said, after 35 years of friendship, I believe this man is gay. That's some next level shit. And that's coming from a guy that has Asperger's. Thanks, guys. I've been Stefan Massey. Devin Massey! Zvrta Herzog impression. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, our next comedian, I 
don't um, know him. Is there a new person here that I don't know? Or should I just move on? Is there someone named Jesse Warren? No, he's not here. Okay, good. Uh, I was like, who is he here? Am I confused? All right, well, we're just moving right along the list. Hey, guys, one of my favorite people on the scene and just in general, really wonderful human being and very, very funny. Put your hands together. It's Chris Knatzer. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. I won't keep you too long. A few jokes, a few new jokes. Oh yeah, it's uh, Halloween. Happy Halloween! Blah blah blah. Got the got to got to get the seasonals out. Two more nights of seasonals. What is the favorite porn category of ghosts? Yeah, all right, everybody. Did I tell everybody that one outside already, <laughs> or is it just that obvious? Uh, don't you wish that during this week, that just during Halloween week, that all the necrophilia porn on the internet wasn't so fake? You know, just this week, it'd be nice. I, uh, I think I might be masturbating too much. My last orgasm was a poof of air. Yeah, it was like my dick burped. Funny, uh, you should uh, bring it up. Uh, sometimes I put my, my wet dick back in my underwear and, uh, you know, a little bit of dark underwear fuzz will get on its lip. And when I pull it back out, my dick looks like John Waters. <laughs> so cute. Well, usually my dick looks like Steve Buscemi, so it's, it's great. I'm working on a snuff film, but I can't come up with a good ending. No. That was the original version. I forgot I rewrote it really high today. Let me try that again. Forget I said that. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was cast in a porno film. It's shooting tomorrow. It's actually, uh, it's on the download. It's a snuff film directed by M. Night Shyamalan. So I don't know, I don't even know if I'm supposed to kill her at the end or, you know. I hope he's not gonna try and kill me. There's always a twist. Uh, don't think either one. Oh, this one's gonna be even better. I'm, uh, uh, some of you know about my personal life. I won't get into it, but I'm very, very conscious of exploitation uh, because of a lot of things that go on in my personal life. I'm always, you know, I try to be conscious. You're going to be a consumer. You have to be careful about exploitation. I feel like now uh, that we're all becoming more conscious, I'm, uh, I'm running out of music to fuck to. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen the news this week, right? Feds raided the CNC Music Factory, found hundreds of malnourished Asian children pumping up the jam. Terrible. Can't listen to that anymore. It's so sad. I already gave up half of my smooth R&B collection. Uh, you know, after 60 Minutes exposed the rampant abuse in the Keith sweatshops in the South. Oh, it just gets worse. Can't fuck to Wagner or David Allen Coe anymore. No. All right, well, you know, that's brand new. I've been keeping a thesaurus next to the bed, uh, trying to improve my vocabulary. So now I'm saying things like, ooh, my cock is so difficult. I want to arrive all above your face. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I've actually written a book about sex, uh, modern sex, sex in the 21st century. It's titled, Your Safe Word is My Trigger. 
<laughs> I think that's uh I think that's all my new stupid jokes. I thought that I had written something about uh Oh yeah, this is uh I'm sorry, it's like a sort of a non sequitur, but I, again, some of you know that I have a few minutes about prostitution uh, in my act, and I've been thinking about it a lot, and uh, just thinking more about how, you know, when you're in a relationship, and I was, you know, before I retired from dating uh, on the amateur circuit, I had great long-term relationships, great short-term relationships, but they all require a lot of work, and you internalize a lot of pain, your own pain, your partner's pain, uh, no matter what you do, you're going to get hurt. And it's just, it's not that way with prostitution. It's really not once you're totally comfortable with it. Uh, and to give you an example, today after work, I saw a beautiful young whore. And um, we got in bed naked, and uh, she told me my breath stank. She's like, it's hella smoky. And uh, then during sex, she said, are you about to finish, babe? Because my pussy's hella dry. And uh, I said, No. I am not about to finish because I finished 20 minutes ago and then faked it for 15 minutes and it's just starting to feel good again. Um, but anyways, I, I was just, uh, you know, I was floored by it when it was over. You know, I felt great. You know, I felt like I had bird bones, lighter than air, and uh, didn't internalize any of that. If that had been my girlfriend that told me my breath stank and then I dried out her pussy, that probably would have hurt. You know, I would have felt somewhat emasculated. With a young prostitute, you just chalk it up to poor customer service. <laughs> but I still got what I paid for. And uh, I'm glad she said something. I really am glad that she said something because I, I don't know how many women uh, every night, every minute on this planet suffer their partner's shortcomings in silence and for free. <laughs> Charge for that shit. Ladies. <laughs> Do his balls smell funny sometimes? Charge him. You know what I'm saying? Or ladies, does her pussy smell funny sometimes? Charge her. Yeah. Fellas, during sex, do you still remember all the names of her coworkers? You should charge for that. And fellas, if you have uh, fellas in your life, uh, you guys got it down pat. You know what you're doing. You don't need prostitutes in the gay community. All right, well, started with a little squeak and ended with a fizzle. That's Friday night at Mutiny. It's the happy hour. Don't give a fuck because <laughs> Pam doesn't give a fuck and nobody else does either. Thank you so much. Have a great night. He's exactly right. It's Chris Canazzo and I don't give a fuck. I do give a fuck about Chris Canazzo. Those funny new the prostitution stories. I mean, jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, that was a, that was, I was being a dude there for a second. Uh, I've never actually had to pay for sex, uh, unless you mean all, you know, the first STD I got in the, for my first husband. Well, it was just, it was, it was sexually transmitted debt. Uh, I was married, yeah. I am an, I am a divorcee, guys. I am a divorcee. Uh, but my new boyfriend's pretty cool. Uh, he's not here yet, but still, when he comes in, be like, Pam said you were pretty cool on the radio. Uh, hey, your next comedian is actually younger than the clothing that I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing a cheerleading outfit from 1991 when this comedian wasn't born. Put your hands together. It's Calvin Albright. Hey, guys. Uh, actually, I'm wearing a Halloween costume. I'm 
white, yuppie San Francisco landowner. And if you in knew anything about uh, that, you would be scared. Ghouls don't even exist, you fools. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been writing this joke for a while, and I want to get the wording correct. So I'm going to pull it out. Let's see. Okay. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a good one. You're going you're gonna to love it. <sighs> if I were a lady, I'd name my pussy Crackers. So if I saw a cute guy, I could be like, that's a guy I wouldn't kick out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> that's a great joke, guys. I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't write a set list for once because, you know, you, know, you got you to set goals for yourself. And I guess, you know, this is one of them. Uh, does anyone have roommates who, like, when you, they find out you do comedy, they'll be like, oh, I bet you talk about me a lot. And it's like, no, you're not interesting. I fucking hate you, Tomas. Now I'm going to talk about you just so everyone else knows how much you fucking suck, Tomas. His name, that is, that is his name. If you ever meet a guy named Tomas, he's short, Mexican from San Diego, tell him he fucking sucks because he does. He's a poet. He's a, he's a grad student. Fuck that guy. Now I am doing bits about you, Tomas. And it's not working because that's how much you suck, Tomas. <laughs> uh, I don't have any plans for Halloween. Uh, I'm going with the existentially uh, terror part where I'm going to spend it alone drinking because, you know, what's existentially more terrible than that? <sighs> okay, I'll stick to one-liners. <laughs> My brother tried to kill me last week. Thank God he wasn't able, or I should say I wasn't able. Bible. The Bible. <laughs> also pretty scary while we're on the subject. <laughs> Oh, what did I want to talk about, guys? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shit. I really should write set lists. This ain't cool. I mean, fuck my roommate. Oh, I got, I got, you know, I, well, homeless people. We talked about homeless people. And I, there are different kinds. And I know my favorite kind are the kinds with agendas. Like, you walk up to a guy, especially the ones that are running for office. Those are the best ones. This was, I was from Long Beach, and there was this guy who used to just walk around, point at the trees, and just go, the trees, man, not when I'm in office, not when I'm in office. That's the best. And I was in line at the Castro for a theater, and the guy was just like, I didn't get enough votes. I really need you guys to write me in. I don't have the money to put myself on the ballot. Seriously, write me in. Seriously, write me in. And uh, yeah, write him in. I should have got his name. Oh, man. Oh, oh, I got one Halloween joke. I was born July 30th, 31st. Damn it, I fucking punched it up. I forgot. I forgot I punched it up. July 30th, 1993. Nine months before that, October 30th, 1992. Do you know what that means? My parents did the mash. They did the monster mash. My dad came in a flash. They did the monster mash. Oh... <laughs> uh, I asked them what they were dressed as. They refused to tell me. But in my imagination of the scene, of course I imagine it a lot, guys, uh, they're Agent Molly and Skulder because X-Files was really hot at the time. And I call the whole thing the XXX-Files. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I got, okay. Oh, I know what I'll go out on. I wrote this this week. I love when I'm in a bad mood. I like walking around with cotton candy just so people think there's a fair going on and they weren't invited. Alright, happy Halloween, guys. Yay! Calvin Albright!
93, so my clothing is two years older than you are. That is true. Uh, hey, and it still looks good, you guys. Polyester holds up, let me tell you. Cheerleading costumes from the 90s, no joke. Uh, hey, you guys, your next comedian is another very funny man, and uh, he, and, he and I went to the same college, and that always makes me very happy. Uh, but I, I enjoy his material. You guys put your hands together. It's Richard Sarvate! <laughs> Hello. What's going on, guys? I like how my costume is just my hand, and I'm more dressed up than everybody here, except for the host, well, and Steven, who's dressed like he might dress on any normal day. <laughs> what's up? Are you a Facebook like hand? I am, yeah. I'm a Facebook like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is an oven mitt also. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, look, the thing is, is, this is not a great costume. <laughs> this is not what I'm trying to say here. Uh, and, th and like having, th that's why I fucking hate Halloween because you have to come up with a good costume, right? And, and if your costume sucks, it's like you're bombing all night long. <laughs> you know, it's like with the joke, I'm like, oh, the joke didn't work. I don't have to see those people again. Well, I mean, I see you guys all the time, but, but fuck that. Uh, Chris was talking about M. Night Shyamalan. Dude, I, wouldn't the ultimate twist just be if the movie just ended normally? <laughs> Everyone's like, what? There's no twist? He's like, got you, motherfucker. <laughs> mm, dude, I, I got an email this week. It said, uh, 10 parties on Halloween you can't miss. <laughs> I was like, damn. This is, I was like, wow, th this is going to be a really shitty Halloween. Just like you're, <laughs> you're at every party like, fuck, I, I have seven more parties to go to. <laughs> Please kill me. What happens if you miss one of those parties? I don't want to find out. Uh, dude, I hate those like fucking list articles, dude. All that clickbait shit. Fucking uh, seven reasons why you're still single. Like eight reasons why your mom fucks rhinos. Like just dumb, <laughs> stupid shit. But like, and I always click on them even though they're stupid, you know? Like I would read a lot more about politics if they had list articles. They never do. You know, I don't know, <laughs> like... 10 signs your government may be cheating on you. <laughs> I'd real. Well, yeah, what's going on here? Number one, your government is never available on weekends. Huh, suspicious. Uh, number two, uh, your government spends a lot of money, but you're not sure where. Where's all that money going? I don't know. Three, your government spends a lot of time in other countries without you. What you doing out there, government? <laughs> Governing other people? All right. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I think, I think technology is the fucking, the fact that this is like, so, this is a word in our English language I think should be terrifying to everybody. I, I in general, hate tech, uh, but I think the, I think the self-driving car will be cool. So I was reading about the self-driving car. Apparently, they have to figure out what should the car do if it's about to hit somebody? Should the car hit the person or should the car swerve potentially killing the driver, right? So what I think is going to happen is I think Google is going to introduce different packages. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got the, the basic uh, kill yourself package, and then you got the primo fuck other people package. <laughs> and, and just picture that moment where you're about to hit someone in your self-driving car, and you make eye contact with your wife, and you have to be like, I didn't pay for the upgrade. 
gonna be rough. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just hate tech. I, we don't need all this shit, right? But okay. But I also don't want to lose any of the stuff that I have. Those are two things. I don't want any more stuff. I don't want to lose anything. Like my hair is thinning right now, which is fucking so depressing. It's like it's like being in a relationship with someone who's just leaving very slowly. <laughs> it's like if you're gonna leave, just fucking leave. Don't just grow more distant every day. You know, it's like it's like sometimes when I touch you, I mean, it feels like you're just not even there. <laughs> All right, you guys have been awesome. I'm Richard Sarvati. Thank you. Yay, Richard Sarvati. Doesn't trust the government. Yay. All right, you guys are listening to the happy hour here on mutinyradio.fm. It's comedy that uh, I don't give a shit about. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we have a Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse with a really cool lineup, actually. It's uh, Kevin Whittinghill, Chris Berlick, Dro Nose, Chris Duncan, all the way from L.A., Joey Avery, and Duat Mai. And I'm going to do a little set, too, because you've got to have a girl on the show. There are no ladies here tonight. What is? Where are all the ladies? Are they all getting their sexy outfits together? Everybody wants to be a sexy nurse or a sexy burrito or, I don't know, sexy something. Uh, your next comedian, uh, I, he's looking like a, I think he's dressed like a sexy Andy Cap. Where's your, does anybody know what that's a reference to? Do you remember Andy Cap? Yeah, the, the comic strip. The comic strip with the drunk guy. No? With the hat like yours? All right, I'm old. Hey, put your hands together, everybody. It's Jason Bonfort. So I look like a lush. If my PO's listening, I'm sober. That's not a joke. <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, anyone else feel like giraffes look down on everybody else? And not just because they're fucking tall? I feel like they do. They've got a 10-inch tongue. I feel like they show it off. Sitting there. They don't make a sound. That kind of pisses me off. Every other animal's got the, at least the courtesy to make a sound when they're about to maul you. And, I mean, like, the giraffe. No sound. Eats a bunch of leaves. Just a fucking asshole. I guess, long story short, all I'm trying to say is I want to punch a giraffe. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think I'll ever be in the wild with the giraffe. And if I'm near enough to a giraffe, I'm probably near enough to a lion, and I'm going to piece the fuck out anyway. But I mean, like, long story short, I want to punch a brontosaurus, but giraffe's as close as I'm going to get. Oh, man. I was watching a documentary about giraffes, and did you know that you cannot ride a giraffe because they have necks that'll knock you off of them. Yeah, they can apparently swivel that neck around and that kind of pisses me off because I wanted to ride a giraffe. So, I guess uh, I'll go actually and tell some real jokes. I'm not gonna tell any fucking Halloween jokes because everyone else has and that would be hack. I do have one, one joke that isn't Halloween based, but I was buying my costume and some guy came up to me outside the store and it was this white guy and he walked up to me and he looked inside my bag and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, dude, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I was checking to see if you bought a racist Halloween costume. <laughs> and I looked him in the eye and I said, the fuck were you going to do if I did? I mean, I'm not. I'm going as the Riddler. All right, guys, I'm white. I have to go as a fucking Batman villain. It's, I guess, required by law? Probably. Somewhere. So, um, I was at work. Yeah, that's, that's how that goes. And uh, I was at work. And, uh... I had two employees call out today. And I don't know if you've ever worked in a restaurant with half staff, but uh, you make a shit ton of tips when you tell people about it. 
Apparently, people like a little healthy dose of schadenfreude, and they will give you more money to whinge and bitch about your life. It's true. I was sitting there. They'd ask, hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, I can't complain. You probably wouldn't want to hear it anyway. Hit me with it. I'm feeling a little low, but you're a fucking cashier. I'm sure I can feel better. You ever make awkward eye contact with some guy on the bus? Like, you ever have that happen where they won't break your gaze, but you don't want to be the bitch and look away first? So you're sitting there staring them down like... And then all of a sudden it starts getting weird because they start rubbing their nipples and you're just kind of like, I don't know where this is going and I'm glad my stop is next. I don't know about you guys, but I fucking hate it when people get on the bus and don't pay and they're not me because it makes me look way more suspicious. Because, I mean, you walk on the back of the bus and I actually pay for the fucking bus because I'm an asshole like that, I guess. And they keep raising the fare, so I want that to stop. And so I pay for the bus and I'll see some guy get on the back and I want to call him out on it. But I also don't give a fuck enough to do so. And some of the guys look scary. Like, I've seen a guy who is homeless, and he was playing darts with his syringes. <laughs> and I'm sure that guy gets on the bus regularly. Talking more about the bus, I used to work at a porn store. If my mom's listening, I used to work at a bookstore. Um, and the fact remains is that there was a regular customer, and he came in every day, and he was wearing his Muni uniform. And uh, one day, I got on the bus, and he was our driver. So, uh, you know, we lock eyes and all of a sudden we recognize each other and I don't know if you've ever met someone at work and then met them on the street and you just don't know what to say because you're like, I know you in a professional capacity, but I don't know you in a personal capacity. It gets worse when you're working at a porn store. <laughs> anyway, so I buy my ticket, I get my transfer, I say nothing to the guy. And he looks at me and uh, as luck would have it, he came in that night and he looked at me in the eyes and he was like, why didn't you say hi to me this morning when you were on the bus? And I said, because I didn't want this fucking conversation to happen. Just to be fair, his nickname was Santa Claus because he was big, fat, and white, and he had a big-ass fucking beard. I'll leave you on that shit. Where's my mic stand? He's cleaned up Santa's jizz. That was Jason Baumford. All right. He hates giraffes and jizz, both things starting with the same sound but different letters, confusing. English is a strange language. We're putting letters together to make words, making symbols, putting those symbols together to make sentences, hoping that they will become jokes or not. Uh, hey, your next comedian, we don't know him, so don't be a dick. Clap your hands like you mean it, everybody. It's Ian Kung. Everybody, uh, hello? Can you hear me? How's everyone doing? All right, cool. Uh, I was just on my way here. I swear to God, this actually happened. I was on the bar. I was on the bar, and I ran into someone I just I fucking hate. I just didn't want to talk to him, but we know each other just enough that we have to sit with each other to talk. And he's uh, he's one of these tech peoples, but he hasn't really done anything. He can't code or anything, so he keeps. But he always has these grand ideas. And I fucking and he always has to pitch them to me. So he's like. Ian, you're not looking at the big picture. We're not going to be just a clothing company. We're going to revolutionize the way you pick socks in the morning or some bullshit like that. You know, it's, and, and this is the thing. This was his Halloween costume, just to give you an idea of what this guy's like. 
he's he's dressed as Steve Jobs. That's his deal. So you, you can kind of get a feel for who I'm talking about. And he's asking like, hey, does this look real? Does this? Uh, how do you how do you think, huh? Because he wants me to give him a compliment. I just wanted to say, yeah, I mean, how'd you get your head so far up your ass? That's pretty real. That's pretty good. That's a good job. You did that. That's hard to get. You know, I just wound, I mean, I'm actually just wound up because my parents are visiting me this weekend. Um, and that sucks because I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just because I want to prove to my parents that, like, I'm grown up and stuff and that I can take care of myself and all that. So, you know, I'm like, um, I'm putting things in mason jars. I'm cleaning the apartment. I, I had, like, I had carpet cleaners come to my place. You know, and they're like giving me your card, like, hey, call us again. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to happen. But anyway, um, so my parents were in town, and everything looks all nice and shit, and, my, and my, my parents are staying in, like, the next room. And my dad's asking me, like, hey, where's, uh, what's the Wi-Fi, pa- what's the Wi-Fi here? Is it uh, Network 1? Is it Wi-Fi 2? Or is it, or is it chesticles? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so then I... <laughs> So I swear to God, then I, I, you know, I have to explain to my dad. I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's chesticles. It's chesticles. I'm a big boy, though. So I go to my, but he's like, okay, what's the Wi-Fi password? I'm like, fuck, I don't remember. So I go to my roommate, and I'm like, hey, dude, uh, what, what's, uh, what was the Wi-Fi password again? He's like, oh, it's, uh, it's baby gravy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God damn it. So this is the worst fucking part of the weekend was when I had to go back to my mom and dad and say, um, the what the the, the wi fi it's the pass the password is it's babe it's baby gravy yeah it's like oh oh yeah how do you how do you spell uh, uh, gravy is that with an e v e y v y it, it just it's ba- fuck i don't know that's that's tough you guys um i don't know i was just thinking about this on my way here when i was on the bart and uh i just got I feel like Halloween is probably like every pedophile's dream, right? I mean, what other, what other time of year can you just go dressed up as Mickey Mouse and like blend in with the crowd, right? And just like go and try to hang out with kids. This is the only time it's okay. I don't know. That's all right. Well, that's all I really wanted to talk about. Well, thanks, you guys. Yay! Keep it going for newcomer Ian Kung. Yes, it's uh, he is not a pedophile. What are you dressed? You are you dressed up as Steve Jobs too? You're just a you're just a coder. You're just a he just he he's dressed. Ian Kung is dressed like a guy with a real job. That's what he's dressed as. That's really nice. That's unusual for us here. We're like, ooh, you're you you're just like you have a real job. That's a good outfit. Uh, hey guys, uh, we are in we are in a rock block right now. Our next three names are all uh, uh, they are from a not the the English they're not definitely not Danish. Don't think they're Spanish. Definitely not European names here. Put it together for your next comedian. Everybody, it's Ken Suzuki. Thank you. Keep it going, guys. Keep it going for me. Yes. Energy, motherfuckers. Keep it going. Yes. Everybody, enjoying your Halloween weekend? Oh, yes, please. And take your shirt off, too, sir. Take it off. Yes, you do that. You do that, little dirty boy. Oh, good. All right, Halloween. Halloween is approaching us. You guys picked out your costumes. Getting ready, getting drunk. Hoping to give some girl your ectoplasm. People are always wondering what, to, what they should be for Halloween. They're always being fake things. They're being werewolves or ghosts. 
No, I don't want to do that. This Halloween, I want to dress up as something real, something that will really scare the natives to this area. Gentrification. That's my costume, folks. Speaking of which, I think Ethan, <laughs> Ian Combe, you've already got half that costume down. <laughs> oh, God. Keep it going for ass play, ladies and gentlemen. I think ass play deserves a round of applause. Yes, it is a beautiful time. It is a beautiful time to be a deviant. These days, thank you, internet porn. All my sexual tastes are now normalized. I remember back when I was younger, you had to beg, plead, try to negotiate to get a girl to just try anal. Now, there's just some negotiation at fisting. <laughs> Jesus Christ, when fisting and DP and rim jobs have finally become so normalized, it feels like the new countercultural thing to do is to just have vanilla sex. Vanilla sex. Those are the new rebels. People are like, ew, you freak. You stop it doggy style? What kind of life are you living? You never stuck your tongue in a girl's ass? You are a deviant. By the way, I hope this trend never, never stops. I've been hiding it for so long. I'm finally glad that this stuff is in. By the way. Oh. I love doing my shows at uh, Mutiny because when I look at the wall, it's beautiful. It's like I get to walk myself into some sort of uh, cultural appropriation acid trip with the African motifs and, <laughs> and designs, but all the pastel colors. Oh. The, uh, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, Mutiny. It's, it's, this place has really cleaned up a lot, though. I uh, thanks to the work put in by Pam, uh, comics like Ethan Albers. This place used to look ratchet. Okay, ratchet. I believe that's what kids are calling these, ratchet. <sighs> ratchet. Remember, you guys remember, I mean, some of you guys are old enough to remember when ratchet wasn't what you called a girl, but it was the name of the tool you beat her to death with? <laughs> remember that? Oh. Oh, man. So, I'm a cat owner. I don't know if there are any cat owners in this audience. Let's, let's fake crowd work. How many cat owners are in this audience? You got any cat owners? Yeah? Oh, yeah. You know, cats are often compared to women. A cat would never get stoned to death for, be, uh, for driving a car in Saudi Arabia. I think cats are more like children. Yes, cats are more like children that are too cute to beat. Taking it dark. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Don't beat your cats. Definitely beat children. You know, sometimes you meet an eight-year-old and you just need to smack him in the mouth because it's like they need to learn a lesson. It's okay. When kids are assholes, you've got to be a bully and let them know so that they can learn, right? Where would we be without bullies? I might be a happy and productive individual. Uh, hey, your next comedian, I wonder if he was bullied as a child. Uh, who knows? Uh, I, I mean, we could probably do a poll, like how many comedians were bullied as, what did we call it back then? We call them bullies? What did we call them? I, I think I just called it my teacher. Uh, hey everybody, put your hands together. It's Leo Zinger. Hey Pam. Uh, I still get bullied right now. I still get fucking picked on right now. It's crazy. Some shitheads, uh, they just never stop, you know, so. I don't know. It's hard to deal with them, but uh, I got I got to I got to do it because one day I'm gonna teach my kids how to treat bullies, how to deal with bullies. You know, um, 
anyhow, so I don't drink and it's, that sucks. I, I, this is my like, this bigger regret in my life is I don't drink. <laughs> I hate it because, okay, so people say like, yeah, oh yeah, you, you actually, it's a good thing. People always say, it's a good thing you're not drinking because you're, you know, you don't get drunk, you save money, you don't get DUI, you go beat your wife, whatever, you know? But fuck, man, I mean, I'm missing out on all the fun stuff, you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm saving lives. Yeah, maybe I fucking would have killed someone with my car if I got drunk one day and drove. But also, on the other hand, I don't drink, so I have missed out on a lot of sex I could have had. I could have gotten laid a lot more, and I would have probably had a few children I don't, I don't know about. And I, I inadvertently killed them by not drinking, <laughs> you know? So that's killing lives too. Unborn children, <laughs> fucking, because my inability to drink, they, they fucking never got born. Um, so I think it's a trade-off. You gotta, you know, do it sometime. Um, So this girl, I, uh, I went on a, <coughs> I went on a, a, a date with this girl, <coughs> and uh, some girls are always saying, "Oh, we, oh fucking, I, I am the, like she's one of those girls." She said, "Oh, I'm the, I, I'm the worst one. I, I pick the wrong guy every time, you know." I was like, "This doesn't make me feel good, you know. <laughs> this is not setting up. If I, if she picks me, I'm probably the wrong guy. That means, you know." And then she goes, I said, what kind of guys do you, be? well, she said, well, I'm fucking, you know, they're always not mean to me in the end. And, uh, and, uh, and then she asked me, she said, oh, well, um, <laughs> weird question. She said, you're not, a, like half jokingly, like she's like, oh, you're not a, like a, a serial killer, are you? By the way, you're not a serial killer, ha, ha, ha. I was <laughs> like, what kind of, okay, so the, is that what you mean by picking the wrong guys? <laughs> You just fucking been dating serial killers all this time? Like, stop going to fucking Folsom. Stop going to, you know, date death row inmates. That's what you are into. The Ted Bundys of the world. The Charlie Mansons of the world. Stop dating them. You're, do you fucking... All right. Stop right there. Uh, I'm... <laughs> uh... I have a phone that's real. I like my phone. It's real. Like one day, I have a Samsung phone. I think it's good looking. I picked it because the color and everything. Uh, the it's blue, like with the right white edge, and it's real nice looking. And one day, I went to OMG, and the table is illuminated. You know, I put it my phone on OMG's table, and uh, fucking, it looks fucking rad right it was all fucking you know it looked like purple phone now like without it looked look gay a little bit gay but but it was it was good you know i was so impressed i was like i wish i at that point point i i thought man if i had another phone i would have taken a picture of my own phone <laughs> i would have had i wanted to take a selfie with of my own phone with that phone. I don't know how that would work. I wish there was a selfie stick for that phone to take a picture of itself. Maybe a fucking mirror or something. 
that, that would be the ultimate narcissistic move, man. You take a picture of your own phone with your own phone. What kind of a hate uh, would you get with that, man? All right, that's my time. Thank you. Yay! Leo Zinger! Phones with phones. Get in a mirror with your phone. Take a picture of yourself and your phone. Yay! We're all narcissistic assholes around here, aren't we? I mean, that's yeah. absolutely true. Uh, this next comedian has very many successful shows here at the station. He just had one last Wednesday. The fourth Friday or the fourth Wednesday of the month is his. But when we move into January, it might be him all the time on Thursdays. We don't know what's gonna happen. Everybody, he put your hands together. Uh, also on the seventh, he has a great show, um, Hired Killers, and he curates really great shows. They're always wonderful here at the station. Uh, very funny guy. Put your hands together, everyone. It's Ben Lupinetti. No, please, don't make an effort, guys. I wouldn't want you to waste your energy. I was wondering what poor bastard had to go up next, and I realized, oh, oh me. Great. Awesome. Just a real quick announcement, guys. If anybody finds a wallet that I dropped on the ground earlier, please do not return it to its rightful owner. I would really like it back. That's important. Look, that guy's saying Halloween jokes are hacky. It's not even Halloween yet. I still got time. I, uh... Got invited to a Halloween party, but I don't really want to go, so I think I'm just going to not show up and tell them I went as a ghost. See if that works. Um, I don't like going to Halloween parties because every Halloween party has the same theme, which is way longer lines for the bathroom due to difficulty of costume removal. It's a problem. Society, get on it. Um, what do you guys get when you cross a red wire with a yellow wire? A new car! <laughs> Got that joke from a car thief. I'd like to think he'd be understanding about me stealing it from him. Uh, I've been looking for a new job recently. It's tough when you have to explain your gaps in employment, but I just told this job interview the other day straight up. Uh, my last three jobs, I was uh, fired, fired, and I quit. And he said, why, why, and why? And I explained, I got fired for stealing, fired for stealing, and I'd stolen enough, so I was done. I actually did get fired for uh, stealing from my last job, but I think that only proves just what a great piano mover I was. <laughs> uh, carry that joke home with you and we're good. Um, I got fired from a burger place I worked at, I got fired from a pizza place I used to work at, and I quit the art gallery I used to work at when I realized I couldn't fuck with people by spitting on their art. Unless uh, maybe it was abstract. I used to be a dog trainer, too, uh, until I got busted for giving the dog steroids. Small price to pay for seeing a yellow Labrador bench press 300 pounds, guys. Believe you me. I used to have a job doing data entry that I thought was going really well until somebody told me we were supposed to be entering a specific kind of data into computers and Mad Libs don't count. Always check ahead with that stuff, guys. I, uh, you guys ever hear that people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying? This is why stand-up comedians are way better than stuntmen. Because stunt people, they just risk death. Comedians go out and risk very real public embarrassment. And if you're shy, you're a goddamn hero. 
What else? I uh, went to my tailor the other day, and he made an off-the-cuff remark that was quite fitting, and which I thought suited his intellect. He told me, check your fly, your dick's hanging out. Um, what else? Ever notice, uh, oh, um, uh, people who teach abstinence-only education, they'll tell you that the only surefire way to avoid unwanted pregnancies and STDs is abstinence, and that's why you should wait for marriage. But what they don't tell you about marriage is the possibility of divorce and the horrible emotional trauma of that and the financial burden it can put on you. And nobody points out that the only way to 100% be guaranteed of avoiding horrible divorce is abstinence from marriage. Get the opposing viewpoint, guys. I think people who have children seem very arrogant, but I guess they kind of deserve to be because really creating life is the most godlike thing a person can do. Really, the only more godlike thing would be creating life and then abusing that life without explanation. So there's an argument for child abuse. Uh, think on it. I get told that I look really tired a lot. I have what's called resting, resting face. <laughs> That's what it's called when I look tired. Uh, when women look tired, it's called resting bitch face, and we admonish you for not smiling on command. But I just have resting resting face. That's, uh, sorry to sound braggy about the oppression. I, uh, <laughs> only a minute left when I'm on a roll. I decided to quit porn recently, because I decided to say to myself, hey man, I don't need somebody else to objectify women for me. I got it covered. I'm already a flawed person. It's taken care of. All right, good. Um, I decided to quit drinking recently. Turns out you can still get totally fucked up on solids, guys. Liquids are amateur hour. Uh, lastly, I decided to decorate my apartment, but that turned out to be really hard, so I decided to just drop a bunch of acid in my room. Um, that worked really well. Guys, if anybody here happens to be a decorator, I'm looking for some decorations for about six people, because I want to have a really fun night to myself. All right, guys, thank you for listening. You guys have been here, as have I. Have an evening. Yay! Ben Lupinetti! Taylor jokes. Didn't see that coming. Uh, hey, everybody. Your last comedian of the night is your first lady of the night, which I'm very excited about. I can't believe what a sausage fest this has been. Uh, but hey, uh, she's, gonna, she's always funny. Put your hands together. It's Journey Roberts. I am sometimes funny. I just want to correct the record. I'm not always funny. I'm occasionally funny. Uh, lately, I haven't been at all funny because I've been working at 8 o'clock in the morning, which is fucking uncivilized. At a tech startup. Yeah. They're sweet people, but they have every kind of soda and every flavor, like right on down to like Diet Cherry Dr. Pepper. In an office where adults work on 
big international tech things. Told you I'm sometimes funny. <laughs> sometimes funny. Um, I feel bad for privileged people though, like I really do, including myself. Uh, there was a woman who got really, really upset because I hadn't uh, strained the sink correctly, so there was two inches of water in the bottom. And she, I swear to God, almost had a melt, like she was ch choking back tears because she wants people's jobs to be important to them. Like she could, she could pick the strainer up and, but she chooses to be a cunt because she's, she's, tra I feel bad for that woman though because she's, you know when you're one in the room, like you can't really see the other, she doesn't have enough margin to see, she's just trapped like that. Like I feel bad for cunts. <laughs> like you need, you need bad examples. If, if you were, let's say you were working, you were living in a place where there were 12 people and you were the only asshole, those 11 people could carry you like no problem. And there would be no other assholes around to treat you like the cunt you are. Doom. Feel bad for cunts, people. I'm saying they're, they're in a worse shape than you are. Like if they weren't around, who would you have to feel superior to? I'm saying yay cunts, that's what I'm saying. Yay, cunts, uh, everyone has their place. The universe is beautiful and perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yay, cunts. I feel the same like I live in a school bus and people look at me with that look. Like my dude who drives the thing is always nodding at people and I love their reactions because some of them are not giving him the yeah, bro. Some of them are giving him the what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he gives them the <laughs> and, and they're like, oh no. <laughs> They're like white boy tripping. Uh, <laughs> ah, it's fucking beautiful. Uh, it's really great. Uh, it's really great. I have your set. There's one left, and I sent you to get food. So now I'm telling your jokes. No, not your jokes. Just these are the jokes that you would be telling. I told one about you. Yeah, I told about the. And the dude on the corner going, no, what are you doing with your life? Uh, there's a guy who hates us. I don't know if I've told you guys. There's a guy who screams at me in the park and says, why are you raping the economy? Because I live in a school bus. Uh, so I asked him what he does for, does for a living because I feel like that's relevant. He didn't think so. So that's three things, right? That's like investing, real estate. I forgot the third one, but cunt, right? Serious cunt. Uh, so he screams at me when we're walking around in the park, which I think is hilarious. Because obviously people who scream at girls in the park are raping the economy. You know those dirty poor people always raping the economy? Always taking jobs from people? I walk around as a white person in the mission and I always want to be like, I live in a school bus, I'm only taking up parking. I don't have your apartments. <laughs> I want to tell every person I see in the mission, I don't live here, don't hate me. All right, thank you so much. I've been Journey. Journey Roberts, yay! She loves cunts, yay! Your last comedian of the night, uh, he also lives on a school bus, and I think he also loves cunts. Uh, hey, put your hands together, everybody. It's Ethan Albers! Well, one round, this one, okay, that's fine. Hello, people I know. I had, a, I had a hell of a day. Bad day. It's okay day. Yesterday, we got the vending machine working. Round of applause for that. So now you can come down to Mutiny Radio and enjoy soda pops. 
right? All right. So we got that. Uh, yesterday, I was coming by to try to work on it, and I did this crazy thing. If you guys have never been in a mission during street sweeping, it's a fucking nightmare because nobody, like, they just inherit these, like, street spots, and nobody wants to give them up because they've all lived here forever. And so they just scatter for, like, literally just the minute that the street machine goes by. So I happen to be in the middle of that as a street sweeper, and a meteorite comes driving by, and this one fling happened. Uh, the construction vans are, like, coming near me, and I'm in a big bus, so I make the right right here, and I tear the whole front end off a car <laughs> next to Muni Radio right here. It's okay, guys. It's okay. I have insurance. Not a big deal, right? That's why you have insurance. Until today, when I found out, apparently my insurance lapsed without any knowledge of it, guys. Oh. So the damage on a car, $2,500 to $3,500 worth of damage. But look on the bright side. The lady's going, yeah, let's pay my $500 deductible. So it's cost me $500, guys, and I destroyed uh, the front end of a car to the neighbor mutiny radio, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause for that. I don't clap. It's been a weird day. So I was freaking out about that all day. Uh, I have a go-to thing when I, uh, uh, I'm real subtle about it when I, when I freak out and there's like big life decisions. My first instinct is to flee the state I'm in. So I was just like, the first thought in my mind was like, I'm going to, I'm going to Washington, going to Seattle, which uh, about five years ago, I fled the state of Washington. I was like, I got to leave Washington. I went to Oregon. So I'm just like running between states, man. I can't go inward though. Can't go inward. Inward in the states, not the, not the physical and racial slur. That doesn't make sense. I, uh, I don't know. I had a weird, I had a, just like some, it was a weird couple of days, man. I, uh, I don't know. You guys ever think about like dark thoughts, like fun little dark thoughts, like suicide? Of course, like a bunch of comics. Of course you guys fucking think about it. Here's the thing. Like what I really enjoy about, every time I think about mental illness and suicide, what I picture is I picture like myself or whoever standing in a vacant like DMV-esque white building with just suicide songs playing, oh, crappy covers of suicide songs playing over the loudspeakers. Does that make sense? No. All right. Moving on. What do you guys want to talk about? Talk about dicks? <laughs> Are you a dead cheerleader, Pam? Uh, I'm a cheerleader that was raped by the Pamela was a cheerleader that was raped by... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Pam. You know what, Pam? That's uh, right on. That's fucking disturbing. I enjoy Round of applause for that disturbing Halloween costume. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man. I, uh, I don't really think of much. There was one other joke I had in there. Feminism. I have a joke about feminism. Okay. Um, feminism, like uh, I'm for it, I'm pro-feminism, really, really pro-feminism, and the reason I'm pro-feminism, Ken Suzuki, is because I'm the result of feminism, right here, I'm the result, the evolutionary result of feminism. I, by all standards, am a deadbeat boyfriend, guys, and you know what? I love the thumbs up I get from her in the back who support me. Here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. That wouldn't have happened without feminism movement, baby, right? Yeah, deadbeat boyfriends. You can honk me if you want. It don't matter. How much time we got? How much time you got? I literally don't. Whatever. Do, do whatever you want, man. Oh. That's cool. Can I stick to this? Oh, fuck. It's only 7.30? Yeah. You're the oh. last one, and then we're just going to clear, you know, and hang out until the show starts and stuff. Oh. So we're all good. Okay. Yeah. Um, then here, let's get my real thoughts out there about racism, huh? <laughs> Go ahead and put this on there. Tag this in a podcast. Ethan blows up racism. It doesn't exist, guys. No, joking. <laughs> it does. It blatantly does. Uh, I've said this before. It never works. But... Uh, <laughs> Like, with racism, the only way we're going to solve it is, like, if you're a racist prick, most likely is it was taught to you as a child. It's like, it's not part of upbringing. If you're a racist prick, it's either, A, you've never had any exposure to whatever black people, Chinese people. I looked right at you when I said Chinese people. Sorry. <laughs> Chi- Damn it, I looked right at Leo Zinger when I said Chinese people. Chinese people looking right at Journey. She's safe. Okay. She's minority. Can't look, can't look at this side. I'm just going to talk to Rocky's paintings for racism. No. Uh, so the thing is, is that the only way we're going to fix it, in my opinion, is uh, we're gonna, we have to integrate. We have to integrate the suburbs and we have to integrate school systems. That's the only way, because you teach the youth. But what do you do with the rest of, rest of that? The adults, the racist pricks. You got to integrate workplaces. How do you enforce that? The same way you enforce the health code. But instead of food inspectors, we have racist inspectors, guys. Yeah. yeah. Leo Zinger could be one of them. Going around writing Fs. That's broadcast on the news. That's not right, Leo. Racist as fuck. Where you have that, it's probably HR. <laughs> That's true. HR. Leo, how many times have you been reported to HR for incidents? None. Really? I don't know. Like you, stri- Leo strikes me as the one guy that would have HR. No. no. Has anybody in here had an HR-related incident? What was your incident? Uh, when I was a teacher, I had a I had a big problem with the dress code. Oh, would you wear it like way too high and I flash was, your badge at fucking kids? It was. Uh, I didn't understand how to dress in sackcloth. At tw- when you're 22 and you're teaching. I just always got called. I always had problems with what I was, and, and even in, when I worked Ethan Allen, everyone had a problem with the way I dress. Really? I wore black for, this was another HR thing, I wore black for a full month when um, George Bush was reelected for the second time, and um, Ethan, Ethan Allen got so mad at me, they sat me down and they're like, you need to start wearing actual outfits. <laughs> they made me stop wearing black. I was like, I'm in mourning for our country. They're like, half of our staff are Republicans. Oh, so I they didn't like it. <laughs> that's pretty good. I got um, I got uh, called in HR one time uh, when I was working at Subway that like their little bullshit like regional HR. And because they got tired of me because I was like 17 year old comedian guys at the sandwich counter and I would do jokes about fat chicks. But here's the thing. The Subway was in the parking lot of a Walmart. So guess who the customers were? Uh-oh. Uh, fat chicks, so I was offending the, I would just be like, I just think of fuck. I'd be just like, yeah, fat chicks, Walmart, ha! And like the person would laugh and there'd be a line of big girls. So I don't deserve to work. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. This has been a public service announcement by Ethan Howers. Yay! Well, that's it, everybody. That was the happy hour. Uh, I invite you to stick around. Stick around for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse 
Coming up at 8 o'clock, we've got a great lineup. We have Kevin Whittinghill, Chris Berlick, Dronos, Chris Duncan, Joey Avery, and Dwatmai. Uh, comedians are optional to pay. If you want to pay, you always can, but you're optional. Eat that fruit out there as well. But we're just going to hang out and listen to this. Uh, this is a band called Shotwell. Shotwell, PA, P- Shotwell Patriot. And they just gave me this album the other day. So listen to that and have a good time. See you guys at 8 o'clock for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Bye. Happy hour. Yay.
tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's 